Hey everyone, welcome to Steadfast Care Planning, where we plan for care to live well. I'm your guide, Kelly Augsperger. With me today is Jocelyka Davidson, owner of Assisted Living Locators of West Columbus. She's also a senior care advisor, dementia care certified, PAC certified, and get this, a TEDx speaker. So Jocelyka, mm-hmm. I like so many things to add to your resume there. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Kelly. I'm honored. Today, we're going to be talking about planning for care. Jocelyka, you talk about the in-between, specifically in your TEDx talk. What is the in-between? The in-between, and I'm glad that you asked that question, Kelly, because the in-between is that phase of life after retirement. So you've already raised your kids, you've loved on them, they've gone and and now they're living their own lives and you've retired and you're like, okay, I'm going to travel or I'm going to volunteer or I'm going to do everything else. But then there's this period where something starts to change in your life. Maybe it's mobility. Maybe you recently had a stroke and your speech has started to slur. Maybe you have paralyzation. It could be a cognitive decline and no one plans for that, but we've planned for death. So we may have a will in place, but we don't have a conversation, a must needed necessary conversation about what happens in the event that my retirement plans don't look like I envisioned them to look. Mm. What happens in the event that it's no longer to stay at home, or maybe I want to stay at home, but it's not safe for me to stay at home. What happens then? Are my kids aware of what my plan is? Should I be sharing that information with my kids? Or is it something that I should just have written and in place and we'll figure it out as we go? So that in between is that part of life that we don't talk about, but we need to talk about because planning is necessary, not just in the early stages of our lives when our children are young and when they go off to college and when they get married, but planning is important in every area of our life and doing that helps us get through that in between. Totally agree. And I just love that term. I think it's so endearing. There's an emotional connection there. You know, after you quit working, you know, maybe you've had a career, maybe you were a stay-at-home mom, whatever the case might be. Okay, what's the next chapter? What's the next chapter in my life before I move on from this life? Right. And so it really is that in between. It's a beautiful way to say it. Planning is important in every stage of life. But why is planning for care so important in your opinion? Listen, in the space that I work in and that I love in and God has placed me in, what I've noticed about families and not all families, some families have already planned for it because maybe they experienced the same thing with their parents, right? But in this particular time in life, it could be overwhelming, anxiety-inducing, things are changing rapidly, and you don't have a plan and you don't know what to do, right? So planning helps reduce stress, not just for the aging parent, but for your loved ones. Oftentimes, mm-hmm. children call me and they are frustrated and you have the different family dynamics and the different roles that each person plays. And you have one who's the caregiver and they're like, I don't know what to do. I'm caring for mom and dad or aunt or grandmother, whomever the family member is, but they're also trying to take care of their own family. So it's that sandwich generation, right? Right. And so they're overwhelmed and they don't have a roadmap and they're trying to figure out what do I do? I've never discussed finances with my family or my loved ones. I don't know what their wishes 
wishes are, which is really, really important. It's necessary to understand what is it that you want to do, mom and dad? If you're aging and things are starting to change, do you want to stay at home? If you do want to stay at home, can we afford to stay at home? Because there's a difference in cost staying at home, depending on how many hours you need. So let's look at the bigger picture to understand exactly what it is you need, what they need as far as care, but also financially, can you afford it? And those are conversations that have to happen. They are conversations that are necessary to happen, but they are uncomfortable conversations as well. Yeah, they can be. They can definitely be awkward. And I think everything you just said there, Jocelyn, boils down to really two things, okay? Family and finances. Yeah. We should plan for care, right? Yeah. We want to protect our family. We want to protect our finances and we want to stay in control of our care options. We want to choose how we age, Mm -hmm. how we gracefully, successfully age, Mm -hmm. wherever that might be. Maybe it's at home, maybe it's in a community, but we want to stay in control of those care options and we want to protect the people that we love the most. And we want to protect our finances, what we've worked so hard for. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I think everything you just said really is summarized in those two things. Mm -hmm. So when we're looking at planning for care, what do you think the main things are to consider? That's a great question. I think you have to look at a couple of different things. First of all, having that conversation, making sure that it's timely and you have to plan for the conversation and have all those that need to be involved present or now with technology. Of course, you can be on a Zoom, you can have a conference call. So making sure that you bring everyone that's invested in this senior, in your loved one's life to the table and having a heart-to-heart conversation. And what that could look like, Kelly, is asking the question, mom, dad, I know you've worked hard. You mentioned that earlier. I know you want to save as much as you possibly can. A lot of seniors or moms and dads are concerned about after I leave, I want to be able to leave my loved one with something, like something tangible, something that they can hold and do something with. However, the care needs may mean that we have to do something different. So really having a heart-to-heart conversation, I think, is the first step. The second piece is understanding that they may not give you everything that you need right then in that one conversation, right? It's better to start early year before there is a need. The way life works though is that doesn't always happen. We're usually forced into a situation where we have to make a decision urgently and we don't want that to happen. And that's why planning is essential. That's why planning is necessary. So we're having the conversation. We're making sure that we understand what their concerns are because there's a lot of fear and leaving your home and losing your independence and not knowing what assisted living looks like or memory care, or if you need to go into a skilled care environment, not knowing what that looks like and feeling like you're making the decision for me. Make sure that it's a family decision that you listen more than you speak. That's Mm -hmm. a little hard sometimes because we love our moms. We love our dads. And sometimes as they're aging, because they have this independence, they've always taken care of you. They've loved and supported you. They provided financial support for you. And so you want to respect who they are. However, you also want to be realistic with what to look for, what to think about for future situations that may or may not happen. If it becomes overwhelming, then I think it's good to take breaks, right? Take breaks Mm -hmm. and say, we can revisit this. We don't want this to be a time where they're frustrated. Sometimes it's going to happen anyway, but always remember the respect factor 
the love factor, your commitment to making sure that they age well, whatever that mm-hmm. looks like, understanding the financial piece. Mom, dad, can we talk finances? Right. What happens if this happens? How much can you afford? Do you have long-term care insurance, which is really important? And a lot of people didn't even know about it. I mean, listen, they don't know about it. You don't know what you don't right. know because it's not something that you talk about, but it becomes a great benefit for families, right? And oftentimes right. it's too late for maybe the aging parents, but maybe not so much for you as you're aging. So now you have new information, right? And you can plan better than what your parents planned. That's not always the case. There are a small portion, honestly, of families that I work with have long-term care insurance just because they don't know and you don't know what you don't know. So I think understanding if it is a situation where you're having the conversation and it's more of a forced conversation because maybe mom fell and because she fell and it's no longer safe for her to be in the home and you're forced to make a decision right now in this moment. And in that case... Really taking a breath, understanding what the care needs are, finding someone, and I hate to say this because this is a plug, right? In in so many ways, finding someone who can help guide you through the process Mm -hmm. of knowing what's out there, knowing what resources are available. I'm a veteran myself. So when you think about VA aid and attendance, whether or not you're a surviving spouse of a veteran, whether or not you are a veteran yourself, what are these options that are available Because the financial piece is an important piece of the puzzle. Care financial piece is really important. Oh man, you touched on so many really great things there, Jocelyka. You talked about really even the who. Who needs to be involved in this? And this is the family, Mm -hmm. right? Your spouse, if you have kids, adult kids, or whoever Mm -hmm. is close to you, that might even be the POA, Mm -hmm. the power of attorney in the future. So we really want to identify and talk about this and avoid crisis planning at all costs, which, you know, even if you have a plan in place, that doesn't mean it's going to be executed exactly how you envision, right? Because things happen that we don't think about or envision or, you know, we're not in control. But if we at least have a baseline of, okay, this is who we want to provide care, at least in the beginning, right? So identifying who's going to be the caregivers, Mm -hmm. at least in the beginning, where do I want to receive care? Mm -hmm. Am I going to receive care at home? Have I looked into assisted living communities in my area? Mm -hmm. You know, what's available? continuing care retirement communities, CCRCs. Mm -hmm. There's just so many different options today of where people can receive care, right? So that's really the where, where do I want to receive care? And then the third component, I think, and you touched on it, finances, like, you know, how am I going to pay for this? If I'm not relying on family to provide care, which I would not recommend doing that full time. Now I know sometimes people have to, but there's so many consequences that happen with that when we have to rely on family physically, you know, it's hard on caregivers. Mentally, emotionally, emotionally, right? And then financially, like if they're caring for you, they're not working, earning yeah. an income, unless you can pay them to provide care. So figuring out that, how am I going to pay for the care? That's also an important component too. So yeah, lots of things to consider really in that planning process, Jocelyka. And now for a brief message from our show's sponsor. The Steadfast Care Planning Podcast is sponsored by Amada Senior Care Columbus. Amada is your one-stop shop for in-home caregivers, senior housing advice, and long-term care insurance claim assistance. Visit amadaseniorcare.com forward slash Columbus dash senior dash care to learn more. 
So when we're having this conversation with our families, what are important things to remember? A couple things that you have to remember. I think you have to remember, and it goes back to, and listen, I was raised in the South. So I have this whole value system, not that others don't who are born in different parts of the United States, but I was one in the South. And so this respect factor for family, respect factor for elders. And I know that sometimes roles start to shift. And what shifting roles looks like is your parents parented you, but now you're parenting your parents. I know that is something people don't want to hear, but as you age, it does change. The responsibility starts to shift. And so in the shift, you have to make sure you are respecting them. You are listening to what their needs and their concerns and their wants are. That's really important because their voice should still be heard. Maybe their voice is not the ultimate voice as far as the decision, but they need to have a sense of being heard and understood and a part of the whole plan because it's almost like a puzzle piece. Everyone has their different roles and you're putting it together to see the big picture and making them feel a part of that would be helpful, I think, in the transition as much as you possibly can. Of course, if care is the most important important thing you sometimes have to stress I know this is what you want I love you and respect you for what you want but really it's not safe you know we've spoken with doctors uh healthcare professionals and they've indicated that the situation this circumstance right no longer works for you. I think it's also about being truthful about what you can handle. Oftentimes, we want to do everything, especially us caregivers who have a big heart and we just want to love on and support those that are nearest and dearest to us. My sister, Sean, had been the caregiver for my mommy, oh, I think about seven to nine years. Um, I can't remember the exact amount, so I'd say between seven and nine years. And I saw her while I'm I'm so happy and they did have a conversation right Mm -hmm. about what that would look like and especially after being diagnosed with Alzheimer's my mommy didn't want Sean to have to take on that responsibility I'm in Ohio I have brothers in different places she didn't want her to have to take on that responsibility and the background story is my mommy also took care of her mommy right? Mm -hmm. Brought her into the home. And so naturally she was in that caregiver role and she understood the toll it could take on someone, right? right? The great responsibility that that entailed. And so in doing that, Sean had to make a decision on whether or not she wanted to. And she was like, there's no other option, but she sacrificed her time. She sacrificed her body. She needed respite. She needed relief quite often. And I'm in Ohio raising my children with my husband and I have siblings who are doing some of the same things. Right. And yet, how can I help you? You know, can I provide financial support? Can I just be an ear to listen Mm -hmm. to you? Of course, I'm praying for you. What can I do to make your life easier? Right. Right. When I come to visit, can I give you some time to just go get your nails done? What can I do to help? (laughs) What can I do? And so I think it's really important. It's really, really important to consider all things from not just the position of the person that's needing the care, but also the one who's ultimately going to be doing the caregiving. There are times where there are multiple siblings and they have equal roles, but more times than not, there's one person doing it and the expectation is pretty great. Yeah. And the Mm -hmm. other siblings, like in your situation, might not be local. Yeah. You know, they have families, they have businesses, like they just physically can't do it. It's just not realistic for them. So yeah, one sibling ends up taking more of that responsibility on, you know, is that something that they can do and want to do? 
And yeah. if not, okay, what's the plan? Who's yeah. going to be that caregiver for mom and dad? Where are they going to receive that care? And then how are we going to pay for that care if we're not having an informal caregiver? So yeah, I really appreciate the respect, the honesty. We're being compassionate and empathetic, knowing yeah. that we want to respect their wishes, but mm-hmm. also knowing that things change and things you might want to stay at home for your whole life. Mm-hmm. But if it's not safe for you to be at home and if it's not financially you know, practical, we need to look at other opportunities, right? We need to look at other ways to be able to practically and efficiently be able to provide care for you. I think a couple other things to keep in mind, Jocelyn, like even when having that conversation is being prepared, you know, on on, on multiple fronts, like having information. So doing some research of, okay, if we're going to receive care at home, what are the home care agencies in our area? How much do they charge? If we're going to look at assisted living, you know, working with someone like yourself to look at communities in your area. How much do they charge? What kind of plans do they have? You know, do they have activities? Lots and lots of things to consider. Mm -hmm. And how are you going to pay for that? And I think choosing a good time and environment. I think life events like drafting legal papers, estate plans, those can be good opportunities to have these conversations. We can, you know, choose a place to have a convo where people are comfortable. Usually that's in a private setting like your home. Mm -hmm. I will say holidays not a great time to discuss no. this, you know? <laughs> no, you want to be present for the holidays, right? right enjoy right. Christmas, enjoy Thanksgiving. Let's not cause right. any anxiety. Right? right, right. Even though everybody's together and practically it might seem like a good idea because you're all there, but yeah. you really just want to enjoy the holidays. So avoiding those conversations at holidays, I think is important. And staying positive, Yeah, you know, telling your loved ones how much you care about them and, and just your genuine concern for them and that you love them. Yeah. And reminding them that having a plan helps them to stay in control of their care options as much as possible yeah, is really important. And then asking for help. I mean, you know this, being a professional in the industry, when helping clients, you know, they don't know what they don't know, right? They don't know what they don't and, know. And so asking for help, asking for help from professionals, it really is a team effort. So reaching out to people that can offer guidance. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you haven't drafted an estate plan or updated it for years, reach out to an attorney, right? Find one that can help. Mm -hmm. If you need to look into home care agencies or communities looking for those specific resources, Mm -hmm. if you don't have long-term care insurance or a way to pay for care, like investigating that, right? Mm -hmm. There's so many people that are willing to help. It's seeking the help. And actually, Jocelyn and I are in a group together, the Central Ohio Care Planning Council. And so we are a group of professionals that help the community and really giving guidance and giving our expertise so that they can make, you know, these decisions that's best for their family. Jocelyn, when do you think is best for people to really start that plan for care and talking about it? Yeah, you know, I think about that often because we are aging and people are living longer than they ever lived before because of medicine, right? And that's a gift all in of itself. And I always think the earlier, the better. And for me, I have two young children 12 and 13. I should have a plan in action now because God forbid, and it happens to people every single day where something happens and then you're just trying to figure out what to do and where to go and how to do it. So I think good practice would be in your 50s. I'm 47 right now. Go ahead and get that long-term care insurance plan. Go ahead and speak with an attorney and plan out your estate. Make sure you have a clear understanding of what your financials look like so that you can share 
share that. And I understand wanting privacy. Have people that you trust who you know will respect what your wishes are as best they can, unless you're unable to make decisions yourself. Make sure that there is a POA, so power of attorney, medical POA, guardian, if you have young children, all those things, right? right? You need to have things in place so that you are protecting you. I like Mm -hmm. to say protecting, but but you're also protecting the ones that you love. What I've noticed too, Kelly, and I don't know if you've experienced this too, there's a thing called solo aging. So Mm -hmm. what that looks like is those seniors who are aging by themselves, they don't have any children. Maybe they don't have a spouse or maybe their spouse is deceased. And who's taking care of them, right? Mm -hmm. Oftentimes it's other family members, a niece, a nephew, a cousin, a sibling who's coming in trying trying to help plan. And if you have everything documented, if you have everything in one place and you can point them in the right direction and they understand and you've talked over what your plans are, your expectations, your wishes are, then it makes the process less stressful. It makes it almost seamless. Although we do know that things happen, so hiccups inevitably will happen. But if we have plans that we can execute and we have people that we trust in the position to help carry out what our wishes to the best of their ability, unless medical circumstances or financials interfere in some Mm -hmm. way, I think it's really important on this planning journey, right? Mm -hmm. As we're planning for the in-between. Beautifully said, Jocelyka. Do you have any final advice on how people can plan for care to live well? You know, I think the biggest thing is if you are as young as we are, Kelly, (laughs) (laughs) as young as we are right now, making sure that you have a will in place, in addition to that, having long-term care insurance, is important. I think it's necessary. And Kelly, this is a question that I think that you can answer because I've heard different things about the long-term care insurance. Typically at about age 50 is when we should be looking into that. Is that accurate? One or both of the spouses should be at least 50. Is that correct? Yeah. So there's not an exact age, Jocelyka, but 50 is a great time to look at it. And typically we say that because at that point, hopefully your kids are older Maybe mm-hmm. they're still at home, but mm-hmm. you know, you're probably not little anymore. Right. At this point, you've also probably established in your career and you're doing a good job of saving mm-hmm. and investing at this point because we want to make that a priority. You probably already have life insurance and, and hopefully like disability income insurance at this point. And maybe you're even in that sandwich generation where you're seeing your parents starting to need care or mm-hmm. slowing down a bit, but health is so important. So the goal really is to look into long-term care insurance when you are health eligible. So mm-hmm. we want to make sure that we are healthy enough to qualify. I love, you. I love how you said that. Health eligible. Health <laughs> eligible. Yeah. And you know, it doesn't mean you're running marathons and you know, right. you're you're doing all kinds of CrossFit and really extreme things, but you know, you're taking care of yourself and you're yeah. not on like a long list of medications with multiple diagnoses and just a slew of health issues because we mm-hmm. get to that point and it can be harder to get coverage or it's much more expensive or your options are fewer. So I like to say the healthier, the younger you are, the better options you're going to have and the less expensive it will be. But also consider, okay, we want to make sure that we have been saving for retirement. We have, Mm -hmm. you know, our life insurance and we've got some disability income insurance Mm -hmm. and we've done these things, you know, and college planning, if you still need to do that, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously that's a priority too. So we want to make sure some of these financial things have been done. And okay. then let's pursue you no know, long-term care insurance for that in-between. Yeah. That makes sense. 
thank you for answering that question, by the way, because I was always, I'm always curious about what the age. Yeah. And you know what? Most of my clients are in their fifties, Jocelyka, mm-hmm. but uh, I certainly, I've got clients that are older and some that are a little bit younger. Sometimes even in forties, people will get a policy, but typically in the fifties, okay. those are where most of my clients fall. Jocelyka, you've just been a wealth of knowledge today. Thank you so much for your time. Before we say goodbye, tell us where can people find more information about you and how you help people? Yes. Thank you so much again for this opportunity to speak with you, to provide some education and information for families who may need services like ours, but who may also be overwhelmed with what is happening in their lives and not knowing what to do, what course of action to take. To answer your question, the best way to reach me is on my landing page, www.assistedlivinglocators.com forward slash West Columbus. There you're going to be prompted to, you're going to find some information about me first, and then you're going to be prompted to enter your zip code just to make sure that it's a good match. I can be reached at 614-347-6140. I'm on Instagram at ALL West Columbus and on LinkedIn at Jocelyka Golden Davidson. So yes, those are the ways that you can reach me. Wonderful. So a slew of different ways to reach out to Jocelyka and I'd highly recommend it. If you know someone or have a loved one where you are, you know, investigating communities, you want to look into communities, assisted living, CCRCs, whatever the case might be in your area, reach out to Jocelyka and see if she can help. And if she can't personally help you, she can probably direct you to someone who can. Thanks so much for your time today. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much, Kelly. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Steadfast Care Planning with Kelly Augsburger. For more information about today's guest, check out our show notes. And for more information about Kelly, you can look her up on LinkedIn or find us online at www.steadfastagents.com. This show was made possible by Certification for Long-Term Care, Amada Senior Care Columbus, and Steadfast Insurance. Come back next time for more helpful guidance and thanks for listening.